Hello and welcome to the Nerdcaster Podcast. I'm your host, Joe, and joining me for this episode, I have Lori. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Thor Ragnarok, the third movie in the Thor franchise. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, please stop the podcast because there will be spoilers coming up. And uh, go see the movie and then come back and listen to this episode. Um, that being said, where do you want to start? Um, well, I mean, I think that this movie is, is the best in the trilogy um, so far. Uh, and we've seen every, I want to say every Marvel movie that's been released um, in this universe. So have a lot of thoughts about where this is in, in, in you know, um, in reference to the, the overall storyline in the individual Thor storyline and just the overall direction of the movie. So um, out of all of the individual hero movies, this is probably one of my favorites, not even just in the Thor franchise, but in, in, in all of them. And in, in the whole cinematic universe. Right. So, I mean, mostly because it doesn't pretend to be a different movie than, than what it is. So it, it takes a little bit more of a, um, a more. humorous turn, I think, in the third movie versus the first two. The first two I felt like were a little bit over the top in that it, it, it kind of made it seem like it was way more important than what it was like all this like prestige and you had Asgard you had the golden you know this golden palace the Bifrost you had all this stuff like this all this grandeur in these movies and the second one you kind of um it 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 took the same thread as the first movie and, and, and just was this really serious kind of movie and you had there was a lot more it just had a completely different direction in the third movie they they definitely the first two movies definitely felt a lot different than this third one um, I felt in the first one, they made Thor look like a, a, a jock and oversized dum-dum. Like, that's, like he's, he's obviously from Asgard, never been to Earth before. This is all new to him. And he, he has no idea what, what's going on. It's like he can't even speak the language. And, you know, he just goes around smashing beer mugs and shit. Coffee cups. Yeah, whatever he was smashing. You really saw him being educated by um, by Jane. Yeah. And, um, you know, and her crew and, you know. And I think that's one of the things that kind of ruined that franchise because she ends up leaving. And in the second one, um, she's not there. So that whole storyline with no, their... No, she was in the second movie. I thought she wasn't in the second movie. She's a big part of the second movie. Why am I not remembering the second movie? Oh, wait, I know why because I didn't like it. In fact, it's probably in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the one I like the least. Thor 2? Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I still think Iron Man 2 is the worst. But um... uh, The Iron Man 2 and 3 were pretty bad. You might be right. I might have to put that right under them. So, top three worst, that would be there. <laughs> <laughs> the but... second movie. Second movies, I think you had the success in the first movies. So, the second movie just tried to be better. All the goal was in the second movie, instead of trying to move the story, was just to make it better than the first one. At least that, that's my personal feeling. And mm-hmm. Thor 2 had a really um, forget. I mean, the fact that you forgot that Jane was even in it, I mean, kind of is a testament yeah, to like. The, and the now that I'm thinking about it, she was the one who became, that had like the ether, the tesseract, or whatever flow with her dumb ether, yeah. body. Yes, I do. I am. It is coming back to me. I think I did mentally block it. Uh, from my brain. The problem that I had with that movie was the fact that you, you have an astrophysicist, right? So that's what Jane is. She's a genius scientist who's a little bit radical. She, um, you know, she's, you had a lot of opportunity, I think, with that character with 
Thor's character and the way that you had this sort of opposites attract kind of thing. But what I didn't particularly care for was the fact that Jane seemed a little subservient to Thor in both those films, especially in the second one where she got taken to Asgard. She's really part of this story for something that was completely out of her control. And, um, you know, in the first movie you had that sense too, but she's sort of leading Thor into like, okay, well this, you have this dumb dude I hit with my car twice. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to maybe help him out a little bit. He's a little weird. I don't know what, I don't know what he's about, but mm, try to help him out. And like, I have my own project. I have shield. She treated my... him like a puppy she found on the street. She did. And then, you know, she had her own research that was being, you know, threatened to be taken away by shield. She had a big problem with that because she's making these breakthroughs. And, you know, so she had, she, she, you, you had a little bit of independence in that in the first film and the second film. I felt like they just completely took that away from her. Um, and you know, her, her only presence in that film that contributed to anything was the fact that she had the ether. And, um, I thought that was stupid. I really thought that was really dumb and I didn't like it. In fact, in the second movie, and I want to get off the second movie and get into the third, the only thing to me that kind of saved it, that was kind of enjoyable was her friend in that, that movie. Darcy. Yeah. Who kept calling Majolner. Yeah. That absolutely was probably my favorite thing in that entire movie that was another this is another great character the fact that they you know took both um that in the entire midgar like you know section out of the third movie i both agreed with and also you know i felt like it could have been included in some way it just felt uncomfortably cut out of movie three as opposed to like it just wasn't about them you know and you know, at least like cut back to see like what are they doing. The only reference they make in Thor three about Jane was the fact that there was a quote unquote mutual breakup, and you have no details about it. Now this is Thor left Asgard, gave up the throne to be on Earth, to be in the Avengers, and to be with Jane. So the, for the fact that, um, you know, you have this guy who's lived for thousands of years, um, just give up. You know, give up the throne to live on Earth with Jane for the third movie to just say, oh, hey, yeah, we just kind of broke up. Like, that is ridiculous. That is the the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. It is. They kind of they kind of changed why he he um, he dropped the throne, too, in the third movie. He I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he talks to Hela about it like he gave up the throne for whatever reason. And but it wasn't Jane. It wasn't the reason why he just said he gave it up. Um it was sort of because of the, the, the you're right. You're absolutely right. I was going right. to say, help me out here, please. <laughs> no, because they, they sort of made it seem like, you know, with how, um, with all this deception that Odin kind of, you know, his reign was full of deception. And I think that that so, was kind of, you know, uh, he, I kind of like that. Be, yeah. I, I do too, but the fact that Thor did not want to be part of that, like that's what they made they made it seem like it. But like he knew about some of these little undertones, yes, but he didn't know exactly about them. But when he gave up the throne, so uh, when he gave up the throne at the end of movie two, he kind of you know he to him Loki just died. Um, he wanted to be with Jane. He had been separated from her. I think it was for a year or two years, and he you know really wanted to be with her. And, um, you know, to eat cereal in her kitchen or to, to do whatever. They kind of made it seem like it was that they were humanizing Thor in, in, in wanting that, you know, losing a family member, wanting to sort of be a little bit normal. Maybe just being a superhero on Earth was enough for him. The throne wasn't going to be for him. Now, um, and the fact that also like the, the quest for the throne really kind of just he feels like destroyed his brother's mind, you know. Mm. 
And then in movie three, it's just like, no, Thor- Odin, you were a fucking dickhead. Like, I don't want the throne anymore. They- You're right. I didn't even, that didn't yeah. even occur to me until you just said that. So let's back it up. Let's go to the beginning of the movie. Let's start from the start. We, we come in. We see Thor, what looks like he's talking to the audience in the theater or himself, tied up on this chain, which you see in one of the trailers. Like, this is, the trailer starts right here. I thought that was kind of crazy that they, the opening scene is, is the, in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of gives like a little background. I don't know how I feel about the cinematic device they used to to talk about like Thor and him recapping and saying this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened and that's how I got here. It's like uh, okay, well, I guess we're starting this now. Um and and he's there fighting giant Satan uh to prevent uh what is known as Ragnarok. So I thought that was kind of crazy like wow, they're already talking about Ragnarok and we're not even like 5 minutes into this movie. Now and th- preventing Ragnarok by the way. Yeah, so he's in like this um, his underground cavern about to, um, you know, talk to Surtur, which is, you know, the the dude in his dreams. The reason why he left um, Sokovia in Avengers 2, um, he, um, to not kind of deal with, with, with the events of that. And he wasn't in Civil War. He, um, you know, he just had to go face, he had this crazy nightmare about this with this dude in Ragnarok and everything like that. And the fact that you're just so very abruptly brought in front of him and Thor defeats him easily. Well, let, let's get into that. I want to talk about that. He has these nightmares about this dude. Nightmares usually instill fear in people. He's like, Hey bro, what's up? I'm here just to whoop your ass. Like he, he's all calm about it. Like he's, he's, uh, uh, confident that he's going to beat the giant Satan. I mean, it's giant fucking Satan. Giant fire Satan. Yeah, giant fire Satan. Um, it bothers me. It's like you had nightmares about this. Like, this is kind of the, the... I mean, again, you said they went more humorous with it, so that's what they're doing here. Without knowing, though, this is very jarring. If you didn't know that this is the direction the movie's going to take, you sort of sit in the theater and you... Or you just sit and watch this movie and you're not sure what's going on and you, you don't even know how to take it because... The direction, at, after seeing the entire movie and go, revisiting this first section, it makes sense the way that they did it. But because of how they treated the first two Thor movies and the other movies in the cinematic universe, yeah. you, it, it's so confused. I think it's it, it sounds like what they did with Thor this time around. And, and I think they started alluding to it little by little in the, in the first two. I mean, you had brainless dum-dum in one. Not so brainless dum-dum in two. He, he knows how to dress himself now to, to fit in on Earth. Uh, <laughs> then you have him in um, Avengers and, and Avengers 2 where he's a normal dude. Like he knows what's going on on Earth. He, he's fine with being here. He can fit in. He's like every, any other dude you see on the street. To now he's going to to uh, uh, Ragnarok movie where he's now the, the, this comedian. It's like Thor's a funny guy, and it, like you said, took a humorous tone. It's not something that you were introduced earlier on, so it's it's kind of like a one. Yes, he had some funny lines. Yes, there was some humor there. Not as bad as this movie is. Like to me, is this movie supposed to be a drama and and something exciting and, and a superhero movie, or is this a comedy where I'm watching like? Gabriel Iglesias or Robert Kelly or Dane Cook. They on weren't stage. okay. They weren't that funny. First of all, it was a funny movie, but they were not that funny. They, they weren't, weren't like gut busting funny. Yeah, no. 
they were just every, there were a lot of moments in that where you kind of chuckled or smiled or and you, you know you think back on those moments and then you'll laugh you know without giving like so much of the jokes away because we tell you the jokes now um you know well we did say there were spoilers so now i don't care but anyway um the fact again you don't know how to take this movie in the beginning because you don't realize how funny it's going to be and i think it took a lot of cues from guardians the galaxy and we saw you know I, which I we saw earlier that. this year um and in more ways than one the humorous tone the sort of the the um the way that they they, they tell the jokes the way that they they present the jokes and the tropes and the obvious clichés which you knew guardians it was it began the franchise like that with the jokes and the callbacks to the eighties. You know, this is a very good year for the eighties. Yeah. Um, between Guardians, the popularity of Stranger Things, this movie, and it just takes a lot of things from the eighties from from the tropes from those movies, the setups, the soundtrack, all in a delightful way. If if you know, I think people our age. Um, in our, um, you know, in our thirties and even like, you know, forties or even fifties could really appreciate something like this because it takes a lot of the best cinema, um, you know, best cinema tactics, I think from the eighties, put them in this movie in a deliberate way. It has a nostalgia eighties feel with an up to date, um, shoot. I, I don't know, know the word I'm looking at, but like cinematically wise, it feels like a newer movie. Yeah. Well, this movie, if Flash Gordon was a good movie, it would be Thor 3. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can jump on board with that. But Flash Gordon is a good movie. Anytime that's on TV and I'm just channel surfing, I stop on Flash Gordon if it's on. But like, you know what I mean? Like it had but like... I know what you're saying. You, 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 you have that nostalgia feeling, but it done well. Yeah, it, and it had like that, that tech, that 80s sort of sci-fi, what 80s sci-fi wanted to be with as clean and as great looking and, and well done as it could have been, would have been like in Thor 3's or Guardians 2. And maybe because they're both like space flicks, that it works. And that's why that's why they, they took both these movies into that same direction. A direction, by the way, that I'm going to keep saying I agree with. I think that the storyline itself in this film just like it kind of was in Guardians, is it's a little ridiculous. I mean, think about it. it it's a little more ridiculous even than some of the superhero storylines um, in some of these other movies. And the, the fact that there are so many other movies, it's so easy to forget about what happens in some of these trilogies. Like you said, like you forgot a lot about what happened in Thor 2 because it just weren't memorable. It wasn't funny. It wasn't yeah. memorable. It wasn't like anything like super drastic. The only thing people, the only thing you really need to know about Thor too, because it didn't contribute to the storyline in like any way, is the fact that Loki is not dead at the end of the movie, and that he is not imprisoned, and that something happened to Odin. Literally, the only things that even mattered, and the fact that you know, their mom died. So there's a lot of personal character development that I think that happened between Thor and Loki in that relationship. But outside of that, what was the purpose of the movie? Yeah. So. Let's go back to their relationship. That's another thing. Once he gets back to Asgard with with with, with Fire Satan's head or mask or Surter. whatever Fire Satan, Fire Satan. That just sounds Surter, Surter, Surter. All right, it sounds like the Fire Satan. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go with Fire Satan. All right. So Fire Satan, he comes back with Fire Satan's head or mask or skull face or whatever the fuck it is. Um. And and he finds out that uh, he comes to the conclusion that Odin isn't Odin. And we're back introduced to probably, again, I think we both can agree, probably the best villain or anti-hero or whatever you want to call him. 
Loki and Odin's skin. One of the this scene is great when he comes back and he's watching Odin, um, kind of laying out watching eating public grapes. theater. <laughs> yeah, about uh, the end, incidentally, of Thor two. Yeah, which again, humorous, funny, great callback, and the fact that who does he get to play himself? Matt Damon. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously Loki doesn't think it's Matt Damon unless he does, in which case that would have been that would have been amazing, but. Um, you just you see the end. It is dramatized in the way, of course, that's very very flattering to Loki, and um, the fact that that's another that's a delightful surprise. Um, I don't remember who exactly played Thor. I want to say it was the you know he's the guy from like Sons of Anarchy or Pacific Rim. I'm not. I, I don't know. I, I can't even be sure about this, but he looked like him. Um, and you had Matt Damon as Loki, and that was a great surprise. That really, I thought that was I thought that was a fantastic choice. And it, it, kudos it to Matt Damon. Really, yeah. he's just a funnier guy than most people think it, that he is. You especially know? since Bat- Ben Affleck's in the DCEU as Batman, and now you got Matt Damon who now shows up in the MCEU. Um, I think if if Bat- the MCU. if, if um, so yeah, Matt Damon playing Loki. If you had Ben Affleck playing Thor, that would have just I think made that whole scene. 200 times better. I but. think it would have felt like a Kevin Smith movie at that point. But why not Kevin Smith? I mean, Kevin Smith's more into the DC universe than he is in Marvel, but... Oh, no. He's just comic book overall, but DC has tapped him to direct a Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he just... I, I associate Kevin Smith more with DC. I mean, he named his daughter after a DC character, too. So, like... Well, that's because Batman is his favorite hero. Well, yeah, but so... enough of that. Let's get back to Thor. <laughs> not getting sidetracked. Um, that was a great scene. It was, a, it was, it was hilarious. Um... Um, the way that Thor exposed yeah. Loki's scheme and their and their trip back to Earth, I thought this was that was the best part of the introduction of this movie, though, because I have a few issues actually with the first twenty minutes of the movie. Well, their relationship in this movie felt like a brotherly relationship more than it did like they don't like each other. Like you got the feeling that they're brothers, they have their disagreements, but at the end of the day, they're they're brothers. That's the way I felt about their relationship in this movie over. Any of the other two. And the other two, I just felt like Loki hated Thor with his entire being, wanted nothing to do with him, and would rather see him dead. And then in this movie, Thor still, I mean, Loki still doesn't really care for Thor, but they have that more of a brother bond, in my opinion. Um, and and maybe, maybe I'm using the wrong words here, but that's the way I felt. I, I agree with you there, and I there's going to be a lot of people who think that the the change in attitude is a little too drastic. That these these people they they can't reasonably go back into to enjoy an easy a more easygoing relationship than that they experienced before the events of Thor one, but. Actually, no. It it is really realistic if you think about it because mm-hmm. again, th- these aren't regular dudes that have only been brothers for twenty years, and you know, and and they have this this whole earth shattering kind of realization thrown on them, and this deceit, and then they have to all of a sudden get over it, and then this one dude takes over the world. Essentially, you know, all the other crap that happens since Thor one. Now they were brothers for thousands of years before the events of. Um, Iron Man 1. Before any of this happened, they were brothers for a very long time. They've had adventures. They've had other things, which, you know, Thor gets into a little bit. They do call back to it. That's what I was going to say. They do. And, you know, and I'll get to that in a second. But it's realistic because, yeah, so Loki um, tries to take over the world in Avengers 1. He tries to destroy Jotunheim after he discovers that he himself is, you know, not Thor's real brother. You know, he's adopted and that Odin took him in for other purposes, you know, you know, it, 
you, you just find out you're adopted. A lot of kids react badly to that. Yeah, he you know? became a, he became an, an enraged stepchild at that point. You know, rather than like, and it kind of like he's you like, know, yo, dad, why don't I look like you and moms? It, 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 it's kind of like a lot of these movies, a lot of these movies that that we enjoy today really just come as, as these main characters who are just the subject of bad parenting. <laughs> you know, like in Frozen. Um, uh, you know, her parents are. You, know, you, you guys are stupid. Like you guys aren't good parents. Uh, and I understand. <laughs> you lock that. her away in a room exactly. all day. And it's like your firstborn, like, I get it. Like with Odin, she's like, okay, this guy was your son. Again, it's a secret you kept for a thousand, like over like thousands of years. And then you get into even more of his secrets in Thor 3. But you could have just told your kid he was fucking adopted. like Way earlier. Yeah, just like, hey, but you know what? You're adopted from this race, but like, not it doesn't wait. matter. We still love you. And not not wait un- until he's like 42,000 years old. Exactly. Like, I don't know. It, it's kind of like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a 10,000, maybe yeah, you could and, tell him. Well, no, they don't live to be. Uh, 10,000 years. I'm making it up. Right. I just know they've been brothers for thousands of years, so right. I'm being over dramatic. So, like, after the events of the Avengers, and, and, um, you know, so Loki brings sort of this half destruction to New York City. He doesn't even, like, destroy the world. He just, he literally just demolishes the city and kills 80 people in two days. And well, probably more people as the result of his own actions. But then you look wait, wait, at wait, what, wait, 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 wait. You're downplaying that really bad. Like, I'm telling you, ah, who cares? It's only one city. No. Shit, it ain't the world. I'm, I'm explaining my reasoning for this. So, like, yeah, he I, does I, all that. I get but, it, but the way you, the way you're saying it, it makes it sound like it's not as bad as other people. I mean, come on. You have to you have to think about it like in perspective. Like, you know, should uh, Shield be very concerned about Loki when he actually makes it to Earth? Yes, because of what he did. Now, in Thor's perspective, in as Guardian perspective look at um you know what they've laid waste to entire civilizations they've killed like you know what i mean in conquest and that's what loki was doing so that's like behavior that is respected amongst the asgardian not the way that he did it before the whole odin turn right so you know if you think about it it could be more accepted like okay you know what he was put in jail you know what i mean in thor 2 and then you know eventually released his mom dies and then all this other shit happens but like it wasn't like a big fucking deal to them not as big as it could have been where they they would literally like execute him on the spot or 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 hold some other grand type of criminal trial he was in front of his dad for 10 minutes before he was just like hey you're just gonna go in the cell forever yeah. mom your mom's still gonna bring you books and shit like you're gonna be comfortable so don't worry about that you know so that's kind of the way that they felt about it so yeah they they marvel downplayed what he did in avengers not so much that i'm downplaying it marvel did that i gotcha now i see where you're going with it that's all i'm trying to say yeah so they and but they did that so that they could rehabilitate thor and loki's relationship for infinity wars to fight a bigger enemy again like a lot of uh we're that's a conversation we have to have at a different time but you're saying from what it sounds like you're saying is is loki's going i'm not going to say an avenger but he's going to team up with the avengers to help i don't know if i i agree he's with going that to team up he's going to team up with the avengers and I'll t- there's so many you're right this is a completely separate episode i think it's this giant setup for him to stab him in the back i don't think he's going to do that i'll all tell right. you i'll tell you why he's not going to do that now first of all um, again, this is, you know, spoiler alert towards the end of the movie. Loki is in the, tre- you know, the Asgardian treasure vault. He looks at that Tesseract and you don't know what he does with it. Now, Asgard explodes. Oh, Asgard explodes at the end of the movie. Everything in that armory is gone. He revives. But he was in there. He was in there and he gave it a second glance. It wasn't like he just walked past it. He looked at it and was like, you know, and oh, then you don't know what he does with it. Oh, shit. Is he going to stab Thanos or is he going to stab the Avengers in the back, his own brother in the back? 
He possibly could, but Loki wants recognition and glory. He's very, very driven by both of those things. Um, That is, you know, so did he rescue the Asgardians at the end of the movie out of sheer goodwill? No, of course he didn't. He did it because he said, I've come to save you. Like, Like, it was all me. me. I did everything. Exactly. So if if he can continue to get that sort of recognition by those people, he's going to do actions or commit things that are going to go to that. Now, is it, it, if he thinks that Thanos or whatever is going to offer him a better plan where he can either exercise deception or whatever, I think that the you know he, he might do he might do some kind of double crossing on the opposite direction. So yeah, he'll double cross the Avengers to, to double Thanos, cross Thor to, again to double cross Thanos for an ultimate victory. I think that would be that's, that's the that most happens. predictable thing that they could do. And I think that that's something that Marvel wants to avoid doing is kind of having that sort of really predictable element. Well, that that comes back uh to, to something that I'm going to say where I think he is going to screw the Avengers over. He if he does have that tesseract, obviously Thanos needs it to complete the Infinity Gauntlet. You don't think he's going to make a deal with Thanos to give it to him? Or do you think that Thanos is going to be the guy to take it from him? I don't know. Because no. here's my thing. Thor tells a story in Thor 3 about how his, him and his brother have always fought and uh, turn around and I get stabbed. I think there's more to that story and that was bought up for a reason. I, I think it's going to be, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Forward thinking. A, a foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Thank no, you. No, I'll tell you what exactly. No, th- 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 that was Marvel's way, again, of downplaying what Loki did in Avengers 1 and I'll tell you why. Because um, I thought about that scene, too. So you have Thor saying, like, oh, he loves snakes. So Loki transformed himself into a snake, and Thor picked it up, you know, trying to admire it. Loki knowing that Thor loves snakes. Now, he scares him and goes, Does like, Does he like Wah! trouser snakes? Like, oh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> but um, he goes, you know, ah, oh, boy, you know, scares him. And he said that Loki stabs him and that they were eight years old when that happened. Now, look in Avengers 1. Loki yeah. betrays Thor in Avengers 1 and stabs him. And everyone was just like, that's when you know that they're not brothers anymore. Well, actually, no. Thor just fucking told everybody that he's done it before. That he's been stabbing them since they were fucking eight years old. And again, they've been brothers for thousands of years. You know what? That's actually a really good way to think of it. I, I, I commend your thinking. So, actually, it's foreshadowing to what happened in Thor 1, even though this is Thor 3, and that happened beforehand. Yo, that's a mind fuck. That's they're, a mind fuck. They're downplaying it. So, so you look at Loki as the only villain in, in this entire series who's been brought back. Yeah. Who's been brought back and now is sort of being, you know, he's on this sort of path of redemption. Not real redemption. He's on a path to, you know, do what's going to suit him at the time, which is what he does in every and admits single it. movie. And admits he it in Thor 3. He does. And that's another, oh, dude, this whole movie is nothing but great scenes of humor. When he admits it to Banner. Another great character in this. Mark Ruffalo claps, dude. Loved his character in this. But he admits it to Banner, and then Banner turns around and goes, yo, 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 group, group meeting real quick, because he just admitted this, 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 this shit to me? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, what another great scene. And the fact that Banner plays dumb, like, he's been stuck as the Hulk, because I do want to get on that. I do want to get on yeah. the Hulk thing on this. That's another big component in this movie. There's so much, and we're all over the place, and I think that's the way we do these movie reviews, because we're so excited about it, so we're going to keep doing it our way. Um, so, so let's, let's, let's actually take another trip back and I'm sure we'll jump 10,000 forward to take another trip back, but let, let's go back. So he outs Thor, uh, he outs Loki, Thor outs Loki with, with using Majolner to smash his face or come damn near close to it. Uh, and now they're headed to where out of all places, New York city. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we get my biggest complaint, and I think you mentioned it. It's yours as well. Um, before we started recording, we shoehorn in uh, Doctor Strange. I thought that was the biggest like shoehorn in this whole movie. That whole scene was, I mean, aside from finding Odin, that's how they found Odin. But again, like you were saying, it, it, it's kind of rushed. It's rushed with a shoehorn into it. It's like you, you find out that Loki is Odin. Now we're going to New York City to go to a, a fucking, again, humor thing. You put him in a retirement home mm-hmm. just for it to be knocked down. And then boom, shoehorn in Doctor Strange. I just happen to know where Odin is. Here, go. Like, yeah. like, like, very rushed, and I guess this also is the shortest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think they could have maybe left in a few scenes to explain that a little bit more since they had yeah. time, in my opinion. I agree. They spent 20, 20 to 30 minutes, or 20, about 20 minutes, setting up for the entire rest of the movie, which after the first 20 minutes, I think this, the storytelling slows down a little bit. And it does it so much better. I mean, the first 20 minutes are funny, but again, it, I felt like it was so rushed. If they added maybe five minutes of extra to just to kind of ease in Strange's appearance in the movie or even called back to it at the end of the movie to kind of make it make sense, I think it would have been a lot better. Well, remember, we are going to see Doctor Strange in Infinity Wars um, at the minimum. Or maybe not Infinity Wars, but the second part of that, that that's still on release title. You will see him again before Doctor Strange 2. I think that history is going to come back in that. I think this is shoehorned into this movie, but I think it'll make sense later. Marvel is good at that. Marvel is good at making sense for things they know, um, in my opinion, where either shoehorned in or don't make sense now, and then they fix it later. And you got to always ask yourself, the question is, was this a setup or did they just decide to fix this later and did a damn good job of it? Are they a damn good fixer of their fuck ups or are they really good at setting up when they know it looks shoehorned in? But again, like you said, this is like an eighties movie. They have these like things like, whoa, where did that come from? That shit just came out of left field. Yeah. But there's a difference in like sort of saying like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to use a trope just to, to get through, but I'm going to do it in a way that, you know, is, you know, very deliberate. Um, and he really should have smashed that beer bunk in that scene with Doctor Strange. Just saying. <laughs> you know, if, if they did it a little bit more like that, like um, if if Thor had maybe just said to him, like, wow, you really just kind of came out of nowhere, you know, and, and sort of broke the fourth wall a little bit with that, with that whole scene, it would have mm-hmm. been, I think, a little bit, again, a little bit better. At the, but in the beginning of the movie, you're not really sure what the direction is until you get a little bit further in. So I think that's also why that scene felt, you know, again, it felt rushed. It felt just kind of plopped in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was a scene right before a very important dramatic scene where you where Orden dies and then you're introduced to, to Hela, which is your main villain in the movie. Which is why I want to get to this too. Yes. Um, Cause I didn't know how I was going to feel about her. Mm-hmm. And um, she's not the worst Thor villain, but at the same time, I feel she's the most powerful. Well, she's the most powerful. The fact that she's their sister, the fact that this is where you learn of Odin's overall deception over thousands of years. I thought that that part of the story was was was, that, was done really he, well. Here's the other thing: that she is the firstborn, and Thor isn't. Mm-hmm. So she's technically, yeah, she is. She's the, the oldest sibling, old, next and wife. Yep, yep. And Odin locked her away too. Yeah. 
So, you know, and then you have Loki kind of call Thor out on that. And he says, like, how does it feel? You, you know, now you understand how I feel. And I think that that was another big part of bringing them back together was now Thor could experience how how the, those lies affect you. And, you know, and because he kind of says, like, you know, he calls Loki's um, how upset and how emotionally um, you know, disrupted he was from this news. He was just like, okay, your imagined slights. He kind of just makes light of all of that. And now you have him in Thor 3 experience virtually the same feelings that Loki does. Not that he's Thor adopted. goes through a, quite a few things that Loki has gone through in Thor 3. Like getting smashed by the fucking Hulk. That so great when when fucking Loki jumps out of his seat. He's like, how does it feel? Like, And you know if this movie was like rated R or had a better rating, he'd be like, how does it feel, motherfucker? How does that shit feel, bitch? Mm-hmm. Shit hurt, don't it? <laughs> he, so you, you just, you do. You see Thor go through a lot of the same, like shared, so now that's another, you know, shared experiences. And yeah. That's how they also kind of come together. Now let's go back to Odin and, and let's go to the scene where Hela tells Thor about what has happened in the past and and what Odin has really done. Now, you now is Odin a dick? Is Odin a bad guy? He is, but he or he's someone who changed. You know, you had an entire But do people really change? He kind of I mean, he was able to ha- to maintain this peace and benevolent ruling for thousands of years. So after he, he took them over though. After he So took is them is over. he re- ruling through fear? Do they fear this motherfucker? And it's like, we're going to comply with this bitch, but we really don't like him. I guess, you know, it, it makes sense. It, it definitely makes sense. And and I think that that, you know, again, it, I have by, a question. By Do, villainizing Odin, you, you humanize Loki. Yeah. And that's what, again, Marvel did this on purpose. And I don't disagree with it. But do you think, now, now do you think uh, Odin was just like... Yo, other world, you you start shit, and I'm gonna sick hell on you. I'm gonna take this bitch out of uh, out of uh, exile, and she's gonna wreck rain on your shit. It, probably I, it was probably, and that's a very very real threat. Now, when Loki took over Jotunheim or tried to destroy them, you know, and the fact you can remember these fucking worlds is amazing to me. It was a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a it's a big part of the storyline, you know, in, in Thor, but. The fact that at the very end of Thor 1, where Loki falls into, like, you know, the abyss, and, you know, um, Loki says that he could have done it for them, he could have done it for their whole family, and, and Odin looks at him, he says no, you know? And I think what he saw was, like, you know, again, he saw Hela's ambition in Loki, and was like, this can't happen, you know? And with, so, again, it adds another... Um, another dimension to that last scene in Thor 1, it's right before deep. the Avengers. It's fucking deep. It really it's is. It's deeper than the Mariana Trench, like... Like, you could have, uh, I would like to see psychologists go through these people's minds, and they're fake characters. No, dude, you don't even need psychologists. You just need to go on Tumblr. Tumblr. No, <laughs> you want to talk about serious character, like, Breakdowns, analysis yeah. and breakdown. You have these people, and you will find so much on on what, you know, on theories, on, on breakdown. Because you know what? It, they make a lot of great points too. A lot of like you know pretty funny um, humorous takes on it, but really I think really good character analysis on a lot of these people. All right, so so back to the movie. We 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 get them. They're in New York City. They see Doctor Strange. Let's let's get now. They end up on Junker Town. Um, Junker Town for lack of a Sakar. Um, it's Junker Town in the Overwatch world. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where you're introduced to these people who who fucking I don't know they're they're savages. Thor ends up there after getting into a fight with Hela, and uh, thrown off Rainbow Road. 
uh, just like every Mario Kart fan knows and has experienced, and you end up in the abyss of hell. <laughs> so they end up on Sakaar. Loki ends up being there, which I kind of saw two things fall from the sky, so I felt like they were both there. But I didn't know if it was just junk falling from the sky and then Thor fell. Well, no. According to that, because time runs differently on that planet, Loki had been there for, for weeks. weeks. And Thor had just gotten there. Yeah. Well, if you notice, when um, during the fight on the Bifrost or, um, you know, when... Not on the Bifrost. You mean but Rainbow Road? They weren't on that. I don't think they were on... They weren't there. They were just getting transported through... Yeah, it looks like Rainbow Road with all the colors going by. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, um, but... Loki attacks Hela first and gets thrown out of that passage before Thor does. So I think that's, you know, they made sure that that was done on purpose because he had been on Sakaar for weeks. Now, the fact that they both, since they were, they were thrown off of this pass at very different times, the fact that they ended up on the same planet is a little far-fetched, but I, I get it. Well, that's just the thing. If you get thrown off of Rainbow Road, is that where you end up? Is, is, is that how that works? Because you see all those portals in the sky. Mm-hmm. So it might be if you get thrown off, that's where you land. Maybe, yeah. Because that's the way I explained it to myself. Whether I'm right or not is a different story, but that's the way I explained it in my own brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're on Sakaar. We get to meet the Grandmaster played by with... Jeff Goldblum. I don't, uh, I'm not a big fan of Goldblum. I'm not saying he did a bad job in the role for what the role is. I don't know. Whatever. So we, we get introduced to him. Uh, obviously he takes a liking to Loki for some reason. I, was that ever even explained? It was just that he gained his favor through, because Loki's a sweet talker. They said, you know, they don't, you don't get to see this too much because he's too busy playing a villain in a lot of the other movies. He's really sub subject to other people's wills. But in Thor one, you say Loki, Loki's the one with the silver tongue. Like let Loki talk because Loki, that's what he does. And he, you know, he is, he's got a mischief and you know, he's deceptive and he can manipulate and, you know, the fact that they say that he can do these things all the time, but you never see him do it. Also, just kind of like, okay, well, they say he can do it, so he must, but you never, it never is demonstrated in yeah. any of these movies. Uh, I guess. I mean, well, yeah, he, you also hear how he always screws Thor over and, and stuff like that. So I, I see what but you're that saying. Is you never. Demonstrated. It, it is demonstrated. But I mean, you you hear about more of how he's done it in the past versus you don't get flashbacks of it or anything like that to give more depth to his character to see how he did it. Mm-hmm. You just get the story that Thor tells from Thor's point of view. But that's also realistic, though, because you know you have when you tell stories about you and your sisters from your past. Like you no, know, no, no. But what if Loki told that story? Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Now you would hear how Loki did it to Thor, his reasoning for it. What he said to him, you'd hear how he was manipulative, where Thor does it the opposite and, and tells it from a victim's point of view. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, if Loki told the story, we, we would hear more of his silver tongue is what I'm, I'm saying. So, like you said, it's not really introduced. Um, now they're on Sakaar and who else happens to be there? This is another thing. All these people end up in the same fucking spot in a whole galaxy of places. We get Bruce Banner back as the Hulk, who's apparently been the Hulk for two years. Um, did they really explain why he was the Hulk for two years? Like, without you turning back? He just said the Hulk took over him, but how did it happen? I don't think they ever... I don't think they ever explained that. Now, the only thing was... Um, the only speculation that I can give about why he had stayed the Hulk the entire time was that um, he's on an alien planet. He's in a perpetual state of, I'm not sure if I can survive this. And Hulk is like, you know... 
has been used as like a survivability tool for, for banner. banner yeah. So I'm thinking that that would be the only, like the the amount of fear that happened, like just being in a, in, in a surrounding where you just don't know where you are, nothing's familiar, and you need to you need just pure instinct to survive. I think that that would be the biggest reason why he stayed the Hulk all this time. Yeah, I, I can see that. But how did he? How did he end up there? Like, how did the ship crash? That's the the question I had. Like, did he turn to the Hulk on the ship and just start smashing shit because something pissed him off? No, he was the Hulk. He was the Hulk when when he, he got, left. When he got on that Quinjet. Yeah. So I mean, so he was the Hulk from the start before he even got to that planet. It's not like he crashed his banner and became the Hulk for two years. Correct. So. What happened on the ship to get him there is what I mean. I'm pretty sure that wasn't his final destination. No, but it was like, well, they they kind of show you that in like a video of like with of, Widow. Well, no, you see the Widow video, but like you, they asked to see what were the, the you know the like, logs, the logs, and you see him like fall out of the ship, and then that's when he lands on like Sakar. So like shit malfunctioned. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Okay, so so yeah, so now he turns back into Banner because he sees. Black Widow um, on a screen. After everything Thor tried doing, it took images of her. Like, if I was Thor at this point, I'd be carrying around pictures of the bitch. Like, yo, bro, don't turn into the Hulk. Look what I got here. Look at it. It's Natalie. Look at Natalie. Stop. Natasha. Woo woo. Whatever her dumb name is. Natasha? Yeah. Natalie? Why does Natalie stick out? Because that was like her, her alias. That's why. Yeah. I knew knew that name was there somewhere. Seriously, start carrying around a picture of her. I mean, it might even piss him off more that you got pictures of his girlfriend or something, but Well, they never like they never <laughs> had like an official relationship. It was just always kind of like I like you and you like me and but we can't be together because of because you're complicated big shit. Green balls. <laughs> Which Thor gets a eyeful of, yeah. like in the movie. <laughs> but again, more humorous shit. <laughs> That's in my brain. Uh, and the fact they play, paid tribute to the Hulk's purple pants, uh, not so much the pants, but the ripping on it, uh, again, towards closer to the end of the movie when he's fighting uh, uh, Puppy Dog, uh, big-ass dog guy thing. I, I don't even know what its name is, but the big-ass dog. The, 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 what, what is his name in Harry Potter? The, the... Cerberus? No, not that one. Uh, Sirius Black. When he's the dog and they're all scared of The Hound of Baskersville. Fuck it. I'll just go with a Sherlock Holmes reference. So... When he fights the Hound of Baskersville, he gets his pants ripped off in the water, and the and and it, I don't I noticed it, and I'm sure it's an Easter egg we'll see somewhere on YouTube in the future. His, his rip pattern is similar to that of the old Hulk pants from back in the day. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cute. I guess I don't know, nice homage <laughs> tribute. Um, so they get Banner back. They they escape from Sikar. Um, they meet some new broad who used to be a Valkyrie for Asgard. And yes, I'm I'm skipping around here uh, a, a little bit. Who who ends up leaving the planet because Hela defeated her entire croup, her crew or group, however you want to look at that, her croup. Uh, and now they 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 form what they call the Revengers for a short <laughs> amount of time, which is made up of Loki and 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 Valkyrie girl. What the hell's her name? We'll call it Valkyrie Girl. They call she's referred to by a number, and then they do refer Scrapper one forty two. Yeah, but they do also refer to her as like Valkyrie. Like that's like I guess her. But you know she's you sure she's part of the group. I'm sure they're all not named Valkyrie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't even think that they ever really mentioned what her actual well, name, name is. is. Yeah. I don't think so either. So so you got the Hulk, you got Thor, you got Loki, you got Scrapper one forty two or Valkyrie. 
Um, and then they're joined by Rockman and, and Dead Dog or whatever. That which, by the way, um, that character is, um, what the hell is his name? Stone Mason. Yeah. I don't know his that name. That was one of the, one of the um, better, I think, comic reliefs, too. In the, in the comic movie. relief? The whole movie is yeah, comical. The whole, yeah, the whole movie But, comical. yes, he, he, he is funny. Um, again, they make their way back to Asgard through, the through again, another dev- plot device that, that's funny. Through Satan's anus or whatever they call the it. The devil's anus. The devil's anus. We, and they end up back on Asgard flying gold ship with, with, that apparently had orgy parties on there. Again, the PG-13 rating and they're mentioning orgies and shit kind of... Well, they mention that they don't actually, they don't tell you what an orgy is and they don't, um, uh, I don't know when he hits that (laughs) button and the birthday music and shit is playing and crap again, very humorous, but they end up back on Asgard for the act three of the movie. Mm -hmm. All hell breaks loose. Hella hell. You get to finally see Hella be put to the test in fighting. And I mean, an actual decent fight scene with her and, and everything else. And I do mean. Everything else. Um, so what did you, um, you know, so now that we're like really just at the end of the movie at this point, but what did you actually think? What did you think of Hela? Like as a villain, as a character? I didn't think I was going to like her. Um, from the trailers I did watch, I did not like her little headdress thing. I, no. And her transition to the headdress too, it got old. Like after she did it once, it's just like, all right, like, all right, I don't need to see it again. You see it like three or four more times. I liked her better without it on. I think she could have been a more badass person without it on and made her look more, maybe, I guess, humanized rather than put on this, this mask headdress thing. I mean, I get it. it, it it's, it's paying tribute to the comics with, with what she wore in the comics, but I, I, when she grabbed Mew Mew in the beginning of the movie and crushed it and crushed it, like, yo, you knew she was badass as fuck. And I mean, again, that was in a trailer. It's not like I'm spoiling anything there. And here's another thing. Everybody thought he was going to get it back at some point because in the trailer, you see him with it. All that stuff in the trailer is before she smashes it. He doesn't get it back. No. He loses his hair. He loses Mew Mew. Thor gets... He loses, and he loses his homeland, you know, but, but like Odin, like he, so he has a sort of epiphany at the end of the movie, which causes him, I think, to again, grow as a person and, you know, to actually put him in a position where he's able to rule over a people. He loses the hammer, but really the hammer was just someone was a device for him to use to channel his own power that he already had, that he had with, with or without that fucking hammer to begin with. That's one. Number two, they say that his, um. His kingdom, Asgard, is a people. It's not just the place where it's at. So, like, so he loses those things, but what he gains is perspective, and his, you know, and 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 they lose, um, you know, they just lose, they lose a place. They don't lose, um, they don't lose like a lot of people. Which I mean, yeah, you you have to assume they blew up an entire planet. There, not everybody made it on that ship, like not by far. But you know, let's yeah. gloss over that. <laughs> and speaking of that, where do they all go? They're going to Earth. And what's the main song in the trailer and in the movie? The Immigrant Song. Are these guys illegal aliens? Oh, that was bad, even for you. Yeah, it was a bad, 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 bad joke. But it had to be said. How long were you waiting to make that joke? Since I saw the movie. <laughs> since I saw it. <laughs> but, so they, they all go to Earth, which to me is a shitty plot device to get Thor back here. I mean, you could go anywhere. Why did we choose Earth? like Thor's favorite place. He gave up the throne to go to Earth. I guess. I mean, there's so many other places they, they, they could have went. I just don't get it. 
but again, you needed a reason for him to come back to rejoin the Avengers in the upcoming movies. Um, it also puts Loki back here, which brings uh, and they do they do talk about it, which I think is great. It does bring a lot more um, questions about his character once he gets back here. I mean, when he first got here to, to find Odin, Strange took his ass r- immediately, right away. He, he isn't even here for five minutes and he's gone. By the way, the suit he was wearing is badass. Don't care that they made fun of it in there about him dressing like a villain. That suit is badass. Uh, but is that going to happen as soon as he lands here and now he's going to be stuck in that free fall that Strange put him in? Or are they going to let him roam? They don't answer what's going to happen to him. But Loki knows that it's not going to be good. So I'm kind of curious like what that's going to do to him once he gets here. And is Thor going to get him the hell out? I don't think he's going to let anything happen to him. I don't think they're, he's going to let Earth imprison him. I think there's going to be a lot of conditions made. And plus, it's not just Loki that he's bringing to Earth. He's bringing all these Asgardians, these people who live for thousands of years. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 how do you hide them? How do you? You can't. I mean, they look like humans, so that's like that's like that's one you know nice thing about it, I guess. But um, where are all these people going to like? You know, so they're going Shield, to Norway. Shield is a uh, got a lot of potential problems they're going to be dealing with. So speaking of S.H.I.E.L.D., do you think that this is going to make it onto the TV show in some, some fashion? I don't think so. you think they'll mention it? I think that'll or be some kind point. of shoehorn in... Uh, or mention, or of, mention it. of it. And that's kind of like where I lost a lot of interest in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, I loved that show in the beginning when it was really, really incorporated with the events of the movies and then it just became like... Its it, own show. It became its own show. It became a... You know, which isn't, I guess, a bad thing, but... Uh, I don't know. I think it completely, like, it degraded over time it is kind of how I felt about the TV show to where that those two things don't even speak to each other. That's where I thought Marvel was doing a much better job than DC on television was the fact that it, it everything was inclusive. And now it just completely feels like its own thing. Um, I want Coulson to be back in the films. I, I don't doubt he will be. Um, I really hope they do bring him back. Uh but that being said, it's the end of the movie. Let's go back to Thor before we go into Infinity War plot points. What are your overall overall thoughts um, about the movie in general? Where does it and and the biggest question I want to ask: Where does it sit for you on your rating scale? If you were to do top ten MCU movies, I don't want to get into all of them, but if you were to put it in a top ten or top five, does it rate that high? Does it rate that high for me in top, probably in top five. It won't be in my top three, but I think it maybe would, it would serve as a place in four or five. Civil War is probably my favorite um, MCU movie to date. Um, Iron Man one was fantastic. Um, You know, is Thor up, Thor three up there? Absolutely. Um, Is it better than the other two Thor movies? Absolutely. And I I think so because um, it needed Thor 1 and 2 to be as good as it was because you'd need all that development to happen for to make this movie even viable. But the humor, the direction it took, again, it made it memorable where it could have very easily fallen the way of Iron Man 3, which to me, Iron Man 3 and 2 might as well not have existed Like as far as what it contributed to the entire storyline outside of just primary development. And it's like... It, it, it helped develop Tony Stark more than anything else. I guess it did, but like you don't learn anything really new about him. Well, he gets that fear in him. He does. 
I don't know. I think it's. A, I think you you have more development in Tony Stark in Iron Man one, Avengers, the Avengers movies, which center around Tony Stark and Civil really, War. And Civil War, you have more development in Civil War on, and and even Spider Man, on Homecoming. Yeah. You had a lot of develop. I still think you had a, you had more development in Tony Stark in Spider Man Homecoming than you did in Iron Man two and three put together. Wow. All right. I really believe that. So. Now that you answered that question, what didn't you like about Thor 3? The first 20 minutes of the movie. Not the co- the complete contents of it, but how, again, like we, and we talked about how rushed and shoehorned this Dr. Stephen Strange thing was. Um, it didn't contribute, like, to me a whole lot to the movie, but it needed to happen because you needed to, you need to, you need to set up. You need the layout and, you know, for and the rest of the movie to I, happen. Well, I, I agree with that. That would probably be my biggest downfall of the movie or, the, or my biggest issue with it. But I don't like the plot device they used with him telling a dead skeleton on what's going on. I'd rather him do the fight, nobody knows what's going on, and then explain it to Loki as they're making their way back to Earth or something. See, I thought that would have been too convenient. I like the way that they did that that one scene only because... I only like it now after you saw the whole movie. In the beginning, I would have agreed with you because mm-hmm. you just don't know what this movie's going to do. Um... The second thing I don't like about this movie um, is probably Hela, actually. She's better a better villain than Malekith by far. But, again, like I think that they relied a little bit that she was you know, locked up for these years and she's a little crazy. I think they could have added a little bit more dimension to her. And I feel like that this is the kind of what they do with a lot of female villains is that they... Um, you know, I think Marvel's done a really good job with adding dimension to some of its um, some of its male villains. Like, you know, again, the the most recent movie that we've seen is Homecoming. So you see, like the, the Vulture, his livelihood, everything that he had was at stake. He was just a man who just went the wrong way to to, to protect something that he had. You know, his family, his livelihood, jobs, like and and the sneaky shit that Shield and and Stark Industries were doing. You know, you have that. You sort of have like that motive that 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 is a real motive for most people, and for. In Thor three, you have okay, obviously she's like a goddess. She has all this she's limitless power. The goddess of death. The goddess of death. She, you know, have she was Odin's right hand. The fact that she just was just like I'm just going to destroy everything, or you know what, you know, I have these soldiers, or I'm going to restore Asgard to its former glory. She, I just felt like those things weren't believable enough. In that it just seemed like she wanted to destroy everything, and just like oh, you, you have survival instincts, you know, she. um you know, latches on to Scourge, which... I have a problem with him. He, you know, you just, you, you have the dumb lackey who who makes a great decision at the end and, you know, so he could be revered. So he wanted to prove himself the whole movie. I felt like that was even a little bit more character development than they gave Hela. My problem with him is he he's just, again, a lackey who just follows. He just follows and follows and follows. And at the end of the movie, he realizes that he's going to sacrifice himself for everybody else. He does. But you know what? At the same time, he does it in front of everyone. They see what he does. Like he will be the martyr. He'll be the martyr. He'll be sung about. He'll be in Valhalla for what he did, but he wouldn't have otherwise. Here's my thing. What, what weapon of choice did he use to sacrifice himself? Oh, guns. Where did they come from? Texas. How did they get there? He explains himself in the beginning, like when he's talking to those two girls, like in the by. Bifro- like how the come I, I remember him talking to them, and I remember him saying they came from Texas, but I don't remember how they got there. He said that he went, he got them, like he was there, and he got them. 
Okay. I don't know. I just don't like the whole gun thing. I don't, I'm not a big fan uh, of guns and comic books and, and stuff like that anyway. Because it's like one shot, one kill. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, it, it bothers me. But whatever. Who cares? That was my biggest thing, him using the guns. I'd rather see him. I mean, obviously he can't fight. He's not a warrior. He couldn't even execute somebody. No, so I mean, uh, like, he has no fighting skills. So like, I guess a gun is an easy way for him to become a martyr at that point, I guess. But I don't know. I just didn't care for his character at all. See, no, his character, I feel, was necessary because like, you just need, need people who are just ordinary. Or maybe they're a little cowardly. It makes it more realistic. You just don't have all these heroes. I think he was a plot device for Hela to have someone to talk to. Otherwise, who is she talking to? The undead being she bought back up? She pretty much kills everyone. She needs that lackey to, 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 to tell her plans to, 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 to get her to speak. Otherwise, there's nobody else there. No, there's nobody else there. But yeah, so, so what, what would you have done as an alternative? I have no idea. I'm just saying, I, I just Who feel... else but a cowardly, weaselly person who's not like brave? Who, who else would serve her? I don't know because I, everybody I didn't think else that is... far ahead. I'm I'm not trying to break this down. I'm just saying I didn't care for him that much. Mm-hmm. You asked what I didn't like about the movie, and actually I asked you that, and I'm answering my own damn question now, and that's my answer. There's there's no psychological thinking to it. That's just my answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add to this movie? Um, well, I guess final thoughts. Yeah, better. You know, the best out of the Thor movies probably in my top five overall. Love the soundtrack. Love the humor. Yeah, shout out to Mark Mothersbach for that. Yeah, great. Um, just, again, it was a great movie. It, it's, um, it was just unashamed to be that 80s super action movie, and I love that about it. Mm-hmm. Really loved it about it. Uh, the humor in this is definitely my biggest takeaway. I love the inside jokes. I, I love the jokes. The get help joke is great, and I love at the end they re-reference that where they're going up against Hela or whatever, and Loki's just like, I'm not doing get help. And, and, and it, it's just a great callback. All those things in this movie make it great. And Banner, every, all his dialogue as Banner, not so much as the Hulk. I mean, as the Hulk, he's funny, but he's a big, dumb, green idiot. So you kind of expect it. But as Banner's trying to, to understand what's going on and explain things, and especially, again, I believe it's in the trailer when they're talking about the fight between the Hulk and Thor, and he, he's just like, well, who won? And Thor's like, well, I did. And and Banner has a hard time believing it. It is kind of funny. And that's the kind of humor I like that Banner I bought did. to this. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I mean, like, that's... I loved Banner's part in this entire thing. He puts on Tony's clothes at one point, And then he puts on the glasses and be like, well, I'll be Tony Stark. And he puts on the glasses. It's like, well, nobody knows who you are anyway, dude. Like, it, it's just so funny. And I love that about uh, Mark Ruffalo playing Banner in this movie. Um, so I feel the whole Banner thing... And banter between him and Thor and Loki and Thor. The dialogue between those people are are great. I mean, there's no part in this movie where I did not have a good time. I enjoyed everything about it. Again, the first 20 minutes feel a little rushed, but overall great movie. And while you won't put it in your top three, I think I'm going to have to put it in, in at least close to my top three if it is not top three. And more for I'm glad they went a humorous way with it. When every other movie in this cinematic universe is more like a, a, a drama or action movie, this at least has a lot more humor to me, and, and it's more lighthearted, and I, I like that for its reasoning. And to be different, I think it, it'll, it'll be up there. Who knows? It might end up in my top three. I just haven't sat down in the list. I don't want to commit to it just yet, though. Yeah. I, I mean, my top three changes as a new movie comes out. 
because Doctor Strange is up there. I really, really enjoyed Doctor Strange. I didn't think I was going to enjoy that movie at all. The movie I didn't enjoy at all, and I still don't care for, is Ant-Man. Um, so I'm not even looking forward to the sequel of that. So, I mean, my top shit changes all the time. Um, anything else you want to add? No, I think that'll do it for me. All right. Well, in that case, remember to follow us on social media at Facebook and Instagram at Nerdcaster. On Twitter at Nerd underscore Caster. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and or Stitcher. Um, and please do so. It helps us out a lot. That being said, Nerdcaster out. <laughs> <laughs>